trying to make it right These people won't let me go I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Let me grow, let me go Let me grow, let me go They should know, they should know They should know, they should know I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro to how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Khalib Grant. Khalib Grant is a quality specialist for Cayuga Centers, a foster care agency in NYC. He monitors Central New York, Florida, Delaware, and New York City's child welfare programs. Currently, he is pursuing entrepreneurship, being a counselor, and learning the ins and outs of what it means to be a husband. Khalib's passions are his spiritual life, mind-stimulated conversation, his wife, his future, and his immense love of music. Hello. 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 I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk to you. Like I know. I am all smiles. My face kind of (laughs) hurts. And I know I say this every week, every time I have a guest. But like I really, really mean this. Like Khalib and I have been friends since 2011. Yes, 2011. That's when I graduated high school. Yeah. That's like you're over not, 10 years, Khalib. You're not old until I'm you get 50. Old. Oh, God. Okay. My, my, my 10-year college reunion is, is this year, like my graduating year. I'm like, holy <laughs> crap. I'm old. It's fine. I'm 32 and thriving. Okay. I'm 32 just, and thriving. That's 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 what it is. It's, it, no, it's just really hitting me right now that I'm like 32. <laughs> like I'm not... I went out with friends the other day and I was like, guys, I'm old. Like I'm in pajamas at like 7.30 on most nights. And I love that. Like, I mean, that's me too. As soon as I get home, it's just. Well, also like, but you're married. I feel like it changes when you're married. Like you have a reason to be home. If you want, you have someone to hang out with. Like me, I have today, I'm going to a rally. I have this podcast recording. I'm going to a rally. Going to go feed my friend's dog. And then at probably like six o'clock, I'll be on my couch watching the new season of the home edit on Netflix. <laughs> like this, this, this is me thriving at 32. Well, see it as you saving money as well. Look at that. You see? Oh, true. Silver lining. You're correct. I did just do a really large grocery order too. So I feel like. You see, adulting. Being a grown up. Being look at that. Grown up. Mm, you know what? Thank hard. you. Thank no you. problem. Although my friends say I have to like leave the house and start dating this year, but I'm like, so soon. So anyway, <laughs> any hoodles? I'm excited to chat with you today about choosing a different path, yes. which I feel like is very on brand for both of us. Um, and it's interesting because like you and I reconnected recently, mm-hmm. which Khalib got married and I wasn't invited to his wedding. It's fine. But oh man, we recently reconnected. And it's been interesting because, you know, thank people for social media, but also it's a cluster sometimes. But 
I have loved the fact that like social media has allowed us to like keep in touch with people who we don't see or talk to often. True. And so like you're like, I'm listening to the podcast. I congrats on your business. I'm like, how the hell do you know like what's happening? I'm like, all right, <laughs> social media. Yeah, um, of course. But it's, you know, it's been an interesting conversation the last like month and a half you have been having because you and I haven't talked in a while. And, you know, when you graduated, you're like, I'm going to go be a lawyer and blah, 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 blah. And so when we reconnect, you're like, yeah, I'm not a lawyer. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, like, I, literally, I need you to know, I like looked at my phone and I was like, wait, what? Like my brain just couldn't <laughs> comprehend because I was like, Khalif Grant is going to be a lawyer. Like it was just like, it was like, it made sense in my head. Yeah. Um, but you know, we choose different paths. And so when you chose this topic, I was like, perfection, because for background, I think people need to know, you know, my business, Brianna Jenkins Consulting, which I've talked about before, but I started it in the summer of 2020 after I got let go from a job that I really didn't like anyway. Um, but I was let go from a tech job I was working at. And you know, a friend of mine had me come to a virtual panel that was like super helpful in figuring out like, that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, my friend worked at a nonprofit. She's like, Hey, we're looking for a consultant for fundraising and, you know, just all these different things that I already loved doing that I can now do virtually due, due to the pandemic was, it was really unexpected. Like if you would have told me three years ago that I'd have my own business. I'm like, no, even though I always wanted to, but it was just like something like, no, like I'm going to work at these jobs and follow this nonprofit life and do these things. And now, you know, I, I went full-time consulting in September of 2021. There um, you go. Listen, first of all, I haven't done my taxes. It's April 2nd and I, come on. I don't, I hate doing Hold them. On. I can't, I can't lie. I'm not one to talk. The only reason why my taxes was done this year was because of my wife. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I, for those of you who don't know, I'm a recovering perfectionist and I'm very much like, I'm very avoidant. Like if I'm not good at something, I just won't do it. And so I'll just be like, I'm not going to do it right. So I just need to go sign it. Like I have, I literally, I'm looking at the pile of, of tax stuff. I just need one more form that I have to like go in a system and get because I haven't done that yet. Anyway, not the point of the conversation. The point is that my <laughs> life looks a lot different than I thought it would than I thought it would. And also like being 32 now and thinking back to what I thought my life would look like, like, especially after graduating college now, 10 years ago, I was like, okay, I'm going to go into the, to the field. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to grow up the ladder. I'm going to meet someone. We're going to fall in love. We're going to have a kid. We're going to buy a house. And now I'm like, I live 1800 miles from where I grew up. I have my own business. I couldn't be more single if I tried. Not a glimmer of a child in anybody's <laughs> eye near me. Um, and just thinking, you know, one of my best friends and I would say like success isn't linear and feeling like I have been successful, even though as a woman societally and feeling that pressure really the last couple of, of weeks of like, I am successful. Like I have made in the, so it's now April 2nd. In quarter one, I made more than half of the money I made last year. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm like, is she really out here? Like <laughs> running a <laughs> business really and me? getting checks? Like is this really Brie? Right. And it's and it's so interesting because like I am a successful person and I know that, but it's also like societally feeling like 
also a failure at the same time because I am not married. I don't have kids. I don't own a house. Mm. And like how, especially as a woman, specifically as a woman of color, feeling that societal pressure to kind of check off those boxes, but then also being like, but if I had those things, I wouldn't be where I am now. Like I always joke, like I'm going to be a single mom by choice. Like I just don't trust anyone to co-parent with me. I'm unpacking it and journaling. Um, But thinking about that, like how I feel like I'll just have like me and my kid together, like Mm -hmm. out protesting and doing shit. Um, my friend made a good point. She goes, you were out here like doing interviews and you're doing all these things and you're traveling for work and it's paid and blah, blah, blah. She's like, you couldn't do that as, as freely as you do now, if you had a child or a partner or a partnered. And so I feel like I'm rambling, but I just feel when you pick this topic, I was like, I have so many feelings about choosing a different path. So yeah. I just wanted to like give my little summary then I'll let you give your little summary of how you're not a lawyer and you're married and you're out here doing things <laughs> oh a, mar- a wedding that I was not invited to so, that's oh, God. so let me first publicly apologize for not inviting <laughs> Brie to the wedding so that everyone knows that I am apologizing for not inviting Brie to the wedding no so problem much. thank you um all right where do we start um, choosing a new path. The reason I chose this is because um, when you asked me about, you know, being a lawyer, I can honestly say that out of my well, friends and also college people that I may run into, you are actually the only person who has asked me about that career choice. That's on a friendship level. Wow. Like my family, of course, but on our friendship level. And when you asked me, it was one of those things where I just looked at the phone and I was just like, yo, when I was friends with Brie, when back in the day, I was really, really adamant about being a lawyer. And then like, right it was now, <laughs> and right now it's not. Um, I chose that topic because when you said that you were just looking at your phone, I, I could feel like the shock and awe. And I was just like, yeah, this is something that needs to be unpacked. Um, so for everyone out there, um, I love criminal justice. Um, I love crime. The only reason why I believe I'm not a criminal is because of my mother, um, the jail Facts. system. Facts. <laughs> Your mom alone is good let, enough. Like, Let me just, my mother alone, oh God, that would strike fear into anyone. Facts. But due to my mother and, you know, the criminal system, of course, but um. I had an interest in criminal justice and also had an interest in interest in um tech, you know, technology and all that. But I chose criminal justice due to the fact that, you know, when you're raised, you're raised in a system where it's like you go to school so you could go to college. So you go to college so you get a good paying job, so you could get a good paying job just to pay bills. And granted that was taught. And that was taught, you know, to my mother and my father. And I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, those lessons are wrong. But at that time, that's not necessarily what I wanted for myself. So, you know, going to college and, you know, getting my degree in criminal justice, um, I was, um, you know, happy when I started looking for jobs and I was doing my internship and, you know, I was following lawyers. I realized the reasons for me wanting to be a lawyer literally has nothing to do with anything that come came from the heart it came from this is just what you know i thought i wanted because this is what i saw on tv or this is what you know people were saying because 
one of the top jobs you always hear is doctor lawyer is like the second one. So of course you want to be, you know, in the number top five positions in the world. So when I saw, you know, TV shows and when I saw, you know, stuff around me, I honestly was just like, I want to be a lawyer mm. so I can argue my point and it can be a match. Like that's what I wanted. And then when I shadowed lawyers and I learned that is not the case at all, I was disinterested. Mm. And I felt stuck because my whole college career was to criminal justice. But, you know, when you're, when you're like, you know, now exploring on your own and you're finding things that interest you, like it interests the heart, that's what I wanted to do. So the first thing that I realized is that, yeah, I love criminal justice, but technology is at my heart. Mm. If I had to do it all over, I always tell people I'll go into IT. Mm. Yeah, you see, it's it's different. Some people do catch on quicker at a younger age when they realize that their passion is, you know, this. So they go and pursue that. But when you catch it, I believe that you're supposed to act on it. So when I found out that, you know, criminal justice, what I thought was going to be my passion in life was not it. I had to realize that, you know, granted, that's not, you know, that's not the end. So I went to social work and I realized that I have a love of helping people. I have a love of, you know, talking to people, you know, helping them out. My first job was finding jobs for people who are in need. Then my second job was, you know, with foster care agency when I was a case planner. I love the kids that I work with to death. Now I'm a quality specialist where I work with the case planners who help the kids that are in need. And I realized that I'm finding myself in positions where I'm helping people, where I'm being an impact, not like necessarily to the world because I don't want to be like, I'm an impact to the world. no. If I can be impact to an individual, that's fine with me. So when I was just like, you know, choosing a new path, whew, I was just like, well, it's time to unpack this. Mm-hmm. And then um, now that I'm trying to pursue, well, not trying, now that I'm actively pursuing my passion, you know, entrepreneurship, being a counselor, it's one of those things where I want to be an entrepreneur because it allows me to help people. Um, for those out there, um, I have my own business as well. I'm a wholesale realtor. Um, I help sell properties as well. And that's one of those things that I like because I'm help, able to help people who are not necessarily funded to fix up their houses because we buy houses as is. You don't need to, even if the roof is gone, I'll I'll buy it. There's, there's people that still want it. So if you are, you know, trying to fix up your house, but you don't have the money, I can slide in and help you with that and put cash in your pocket. So by doing this and, you know, talking to people and seeing how much I can impact people, I realized that granted, I don't like human beings that much, but I do like helping them out. I want to go back quickly too and talk about like in college and, you know, now that I'm a grown up and thinking about this now. So when I started college, I was 18 and I was a business major but then I realized like accounting is not for me. So I switched to sociology. Um, and, you know, you're talking about how like you didn't know until like you started shadowing lawyers. I'm like, we send children to college. Like, I guess you're a grown up at 18, but like this is your first time like being away from home and like being on your own. And now True. we're taking out like all this money and we expect them to pick a career. And I'm like, bitch, what? Like th- just to think <laughs> about it now as like a full grown up of like, you know, I never got my master's. I was like, I don't know what the frick I want to do. And I was like 22. I was like, I don't know. And, you know, I'm grateful 
for me knowing myself then of just being like, I don't know what I want to do yet. So I'm going to go take a bunch of really random jobs in social work and figure it out. And, you know, it's kind of how I figured out fundraising because like it wasn't fundraising was never a career choice that I ever saw myself doing. Um, And then, you know, now owning my own business and doing three sort of different pillars of things. Um, But I think that's so interesting too. Like we just expect children true <laughs> like i'm like that much older <laughs> children like this is what i'm gonna do for the rest of my life and i'm like Mm-mm. you've only been around for 18 years you know how long the rest of your life is <laughs> like, that's a very long time so that um, that just made me think about that and i think that's what really got me when you're like yeah i'm not a lawyer and i was like you know that makes sense like i always thought you would be because like dr laura and i've also met your mother and she instills a fear of god in me and you know anyway um <laughs> but like i know like you being a lawyer was super important to you and you kind of have this note too like family pre- pressure and self-pressure and like what you need to do to like and i think for me too like appearing to like a quote like functioning member of society like when i told my family i was quitting a really good paying job i was on a team that was all people of color we were doing activism work i was fundraising it was like a dream job i had always wanted Mm -hmm. but i wasn't happy and like like i said like i loved the team i loved my job but i wasn't happy and i'm like i'm 31 and why do why am i content like Hmm. in sitting with myself in that question and when i told my family like hey i'm gonna go do consulting they go for who i go oh no like i'm gonna work for myself they go doing what exactly and, and like explaining that to, and, and it's interesting living in Austin, which is a really, you know, a big city, like where there's a lot of consultants, a lot of people who work for themselves. And, you know, one of my best friends, Shelby, who's also been on the show, like she's worked for herself for five years. And so when I first bought it to her and another friend, Kelsey, who's been doing, working for herself for three years, they're like, yeah, sure. It makes sense. But me bringing that home to like my family, like, girl, what? And I was like, it's going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Like mm-hmm. if I never have to ask you for money, if I can keep my apartment, <laughs> if my phone is still on, it's great. Like, it's great. And you know, the first couple months were hard. And, you know, I tell people often that like, having been in Austin now for, it'll be six years in June. Um, and the amount of people that I've met just from like work or volunteering or just being ridiculously outgoing and just meeting people on the streets. Um, a lot of the contracts and work that I've done have been word of mouth. Like when I was telling people, it's like, Hey, I'm going to leave my job in a month. Like this is, this is my website. This is stuff I'm going to offer. And people are like, okay, great. And like, just people started sending it out to other people. So I would say like 90% has been word of mouth. And then like, I won a commercial last year that paid that played during the Olympics. Hey, there we go. Listen, I won a commercial. I was like, bitch, what? So, <laughs> and then like, I feel like that was the other 10%, like of just being in other people's homes and in a different market. And, you know, it, it's been a lot of like working my ass off for sure, but like failing forward, figuring out what I want and, and now learning and feeling the freedom that I have. Like I do also like Instagram stuff, influencing, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and so this company is sent, is flying me out to New Mexico and like, we just, we want to pay for everything. We just want you to do content for us. Like, okay, great. <laughs> it's like being able to like do stuff like that. It's like a two day trip and I'm really excited because we're going to go on hot air balloons. Anyway. Oh, um, that's on my bucket list. I'm Back thrilled. On we'll talk about it later. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it later. But like just feeling that like entrepreneurial life of like, I get to say yes to things I do want to do. I get mm-hmm. to say no to things I don't want to do. I get to decide who I want to work it's with. It's like that freedom such freedom and like 
and I could never imagine working a nine to five again, which is interesting because like I feel like I work now more than I did when I worked a nine to five. Just it's like email, following up on invoices, scheduling meetings. But like me as a very organized person, like if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. That is everything like from social life to business stuff to everything is like if it's on the calendar, it doesn't exist. And that's not me. True acting like I'm better than anyone. I'm like, I just want to be very intentional with my time and not waste other people's time and be very respectful of time. Um, so being very organized and being able to like do all these things and decide what I do and don't want to do. And, you know, when I first started out, the amount I was charging was a joke, but I was starting out. I didn't know. And now being able to like, this is my rate. And if you can't afford it, I understand that. Um, but I'm also like not going to act like I deserve less at the same time. And, you know, getting some feedback from different sorts of folks obviously um (laughs) but now like I said like I just got the I'm working I'm I got subcontracted um with one of my mentors she's working on a project and she said can I I would clap but I don't want the mic to like sound very loud thank you so So I'm gonna just give you the little snaps in the corner um one of my mentors she was like hey I'm gonna do I'm doing working on two contracts can I subcontract you on to work for me if she can we'll Mm. just split it and I was like oh sure and they just sent me my first check and I was like, excuse me. Damn. It was it was my first five figure check that I've ever there seen. There we in my life. go. And I was like, for me? Like for, for, for you. For me. <laughs> and it was like I first of all caught up on a bunch of bills, was a grown-up, paid off credit cards, there all, we the, go. all the things. It was a grown-up first. And then I paid for my Greece trip. Anyway. But I think about that too, of like just taking that leap of just being like, I know what I deserve. And mm-hmm. I, in having work for people who downplayed my excellence, having work for people who just didn't freaking respect me and mm-hmm. now being able to be like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to have the freedom to do it. And I'm going to love what I do for once in my life. And that is the new path. That's the new path. You see? <laughs> Um, hearing you talk about this does remind me of when um I chose to start this, you know, journey. Um and when I chose to no longer not necessarily care about, you know, criminal justice or being a lawyer, it was the fact like you pointed out it was like family pressure and self pressure. Mm-hmm. Because I kept on saying, you know, that I'm going to be a lawyer, my family then <clears throat> like held me accountable. Mm. So because they held me accountable, I was never really upfront with them telling them like, you know, that's, this is no longer my passion. So by me being quiet, it was like my family pressure was turned on. And then I felt pressured to try to please. And then when we had that conversation, it was just like, you know what? All right, son. Like my dad always tells me, you don't have to be, you know, everything I ask you to be, but I want you to be the best self that you can be. So when I told him that this is no longer my passion, he saw that in me. He was just like, you know what? You got that. And when you're talking about like, you know, big leaps, um, getting married was one of them. Um, I will never forget the whole entire day of the proposal. Um, I was so focused on the weather that I didn't realize that I was proposing to my wife until I was on one knee. Like it came like oh, too wow. natural. Yeah. So the reason... I was focused on the weather because it was an outdoor proposal. And I believe Uh during this time, I think New York City was like feeling like hurricane weather. So it was rainy. So the whole entire time I'm looking on, you know, the weather channel, it's like 70% rain. 
during this time. And I was like, dang it. So I'm so focused on the weather that when I got down on one knee and I'm looking at her, looking at me, looking at her, looking at me, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, snap, bro. We we're about to take this big leap. And part of me like kicked in was just like, we're ready. Mm. Because it was like, I spent that time and I spent that energy not preparing for the big leap, but preparing to take that risk. Because if anything is rewarding, it comes with a risk. Mm. So when you're talking about, you know, doing the entrepreneur and, you know, finally seeing things, you know, come through, it's just like, I understand doing this marriage. <laughs> when we started off, I can honestly say that it wasn't all rainbows and sunshines. Mm. We were arguing about stuff that we have never argued about ever in our relationship. <laughs> Never as a boyfriend, girlfriend, or fiance, but somehow while we're married, we're arguing about the sheets on the bed. Like it's weird, but it's one of those things where it's new. Mm. So it's going, it's not going to be okay. You're definitely going to stumble and we had to be okay with that. And when you're okay with understanding that this was a risk, I'm going to stumble. That's when you start to see the progress. Um, I was talking to somebody, um, about being an entrepreneur and I was telling them that one of the biggest things that is crazy is that you want to leave your nine to five to work 24 seven. Mm-hmm. It's weird, right? You have a set schedule, but you want to leave that set schedule to go into something that's like 24 seven. Why you want to do that? Because of your passion. You see, when you care about something, you're going to put the amount of effort, you're going to put the amount of attention into it, and you're going to execute it. Mm-hmm. And that's where sometimes, you know, we may fall as entrepreneurs or we may even fall as humans is the, our execution. But when you are executing something that you're passionate about and it starts to click, oh, um, <laughs> I started in January. Um, and I'm not bragging. I'm just... It's just, you know, they say count your blessings and name them one by one. Amen. I'm also like, Brad, it's fine. <laughs> so <clears throat> I started in January and I closed my first deal within February. And I was so nervous. Um, and my first time, I kid you not, my first time doing this business, I cried hmm. because I called like 300 numbers out of the 300 numbers, only had five response hmm. out of the five response. Three of them cursed me out and two hung up on me. And I'm thinking to myself, this cannot be life. Mm. No way. And then when I got my first deal, at first I wanted to like do more. I was like, Khalib, you just started. Take this deal step by step. So when the next one comes, you know exactly what to do mm. so you can get more deals. And now things are clicking. Um, me and another, um, me and my business partner or I said business partner because we're both in Philly right now. Deals are coming in fast. Oh yeah, so <laughs> no. I, so granted, I, she's looking at me with this face of confusion. If no one knows, so as a wholesale realtor, I can do remote sales wherever. So I can sell houses in not Canada, but you know California, anywhere yeah. in the fifty states. So that's 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 one of the benefits of it. I'm sorry. You're telling me you live in Philly or you're selling houses in Philly? Selling houses in Philly. I thought you moved to Philly. That's like, wait, what? Oh, no, 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 no. That's why I was confused. Sorry, (laughs) we need to do a quick pause. So Kaleeb is such a New Yorker. 
like you think New York, you think Khalif. That's how I was like, wait, what? Anyway, we're back. I was just like, <laughs> you moved to Philly? Anyway. So you're no. selling houses in Philly. Proceed with your story. So yeah, so we're selling houses in Philly and it's to the point where leads after leads after lead is coming in. And I'm getting, you know, to the point where it's coming in stride. I'm not nervous about them. I'm no longer f- frantic. Um, the mistakes I was making from day one, my first week I was giving people my wrong number. I was telling them my name is Olajide Grant when that was my middle name. Not, like, That's your middle name. Exactly. Why? Like, why am I making these mistakes? But now, granted, we're getting calls after calls and we're getting, you know, leads after leads. I'm just like, I'm busy. I'm productive. This this might seem tough, but I'm happy. Hmm. This is, I, I was ecstatic because I'm like, now I'm seeing the fruits of my labor. That's what I was thinking of. So when you were talking about, you know, you being a consultant and people not really understanding, I realized that sometimes your vision is not going to be seen even by the closest people around you until you accomplish your vision. Mm-hmm. Because what they're seeing is that you're taking a risk that can, you know, fail and they don't want to see you fail. But what you're seeing is that I can succeed. So even when it's like, you know, they may not see it, I realized that when I first told my parents about it, my mom was very hesitant. She's like, you sure? And I was like, yes, mommy, I'm sure. She's like, all right. So I was just like, you know what? I did it. And then when I made my first, you know, deal, I told her about it. And she was like, you know what? I'm happy for you. And we had like an hour discussion. And I, and when I eventually told her, like, you know, I eventually want to quit my nine to five, her first reaction was, look, no, keep it, keep it. And I was like, mom, no, because if I'm doing this and I'm making more money or making as much money as my nine to five, and I'm doing this, you know, part-time, why not dive all in? Right. And the first thing she said is like, I realize that you're very ambitious and I'm very happy about that. So, whew, that was a lot. <laughs> I also need to point out every time you impersonate your mom, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> you know, it's funny when I impersonate her, she sounds very, you know, soft. And then when people meet her, they're like, she sounds nothing like what you try to impersonate. I think that's why I like, I'm like, that doesn't nothing like your mother. And I have to explain, I had to explain to people, I was like, that's my mom. So she's going to be soft around me, but around you, <laughs> you better be on your P's and Q's. P's and Q's, baby. Um, I want to circle back to like the behind the scenes work of this. Cause I think, you know, one thing I'm always constantly talking about on my social media is I like. Instagram specifically is like the highlight reels and I'm very big on like sharing like everything like the good the bad (laughs) and I think people see me in the stuff I'm able to do like you're so successful I'm like y'all there have been days I didn't know I was paying how to pay my rent there have been days when I'm like not sure I'm gonna put gas in my car like and 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 you know I've been lucky to have friends who are like I'm going to give you some money to borrow. You didn't ask me for it, but here you are. And you pay me back when you, when you can. I'm like, amen. Bitch, what? Like, I trust you. I was where you are. Like, here we are. And so I always joke, like, a lot of this is like, no one sees the like behind the scenes work. And like, not to be that person, I think about Beyonce of like, that woman worked harder than anyone I think we know. And, mm. you know, we at the end get to see like this great album or this beautiful concert she puts on. I'm like, but 
I don't think we really understood it until it was uh, when she did Beachella and we got to like actually watch her behind the scenes of like not being able to see her kids, what she had to do to like lose the weight, like all these different things. And I'm like, y'all just get to see the concert. You're not at the rehearsals and how I have to like give, there's been times like I was supposed to go on a trip at the beginning of April and one, two of my clients like, Hey, we need one client was like, we need this thing by Friday night. It was the Thursday. So we needed it by tomorrow night. And another mm-hmm. client was like, hey, we want you to build the whole website for us by Monday. And I was like, Ooh. cool, cool, cool. Um, so I had the plan- these plans with friends. And I was like, yeah, I can't go. They're like, well, I was like, there's like, there's no, I'm like, there's no, I cannot physically go. And understand like it's, it's sacrifice. It's mm-hmm. missing things. It's, you know, giving, it's that 24 seven. Like if I, I have to keep the people who are paying me happy, right? Like there's just some stuff you have to like give up and choose and, you know, I, in, uh, in 2020, I've talked about it before. Like I chose singleness for the year and I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, I did that a little bit last year. I tried to date, but everyone, not the point of the conversation. Long story short, it didn't work out. Girl still single is F. Um, and then this year I've been like dipping my toe in considering dating again. Um, mm-hmm. but as a person, and you know me very well as a person who is, very outgoing, very friendly, very independent, knows who she is, knows who, she, who, what she wants. It is hard for me. Like I'm often told, like, you're just, I'm, I'm just so intimidated by you. Like, oh, I just like, don't know where I'd fit in your life. And, you know, I've had exes in the past who are like, I want you to do less. I'm like, no, Whoa. I, you know, people are like, you're not that great. I'm like, no. Um, And so like <laughs> me now trying to like really figure out, like unpacking and doing a lot of like internalized work around my traumas and triggers around dating and abandonment issues and my daddy issues. Another podcast episode. Okay. And we'll, we'll unpack it a different day. Um, I'm here for it. Thank you. We'll have you back. Um, but I think about that too, like, you know, what has it been like for you to be on this entrepreneurial journey, newly married, like y'all got married, like less than a year ago less than eight months ago like i'll get married yes. what, august um august 27th and it's april so like yes. eight, eight-ish months it has um, been not even a year not even a year and you're 28 yes how old is your wife now you have to don't tell her business is your <laughs> wife older than you yes okay i just think about that too like what does entrepreneurial life look like married as a thing, like, I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever find oh, a partner wow. let alone get married. But what has that dynamic been like, too? Um, it's been a big learning curve. Let me start there. Mm-hmm. Um, starting two things, you have to realize that you are not going to give each other the time that you necessarily may want. But you need to give each other the time that they necessarily need. Mm. Okay, pastor. You see that? I, I got it. I can't give you the time that you want, but I would definitely give you the time that you need. Mm-hmm. So it's where is where I literally um and I think it's kind of like, you know, heaven sent because before being an entrepreneur, I do- I dove deep into stocks and I was giving stocks my whole and you know, undivided attention. Mm-hmm. And my wife at that time, she was just like, you're not paying me no attention. And it got to the point where I literally had to like, you know what? I'll schedule some time for stocks. Mm. So by doing that, 
and picking up this entrepreneur, yeah, entrepreneur, you know, ship. I was like, my wife is my priority, but this business is going to, you know, take us to places that we want and also need. So I made sure, and I still make sure that, you know, to this day, that after seven o'clock, I don't call clients. I do nothing but admin work. But at eight o'clock, my wife gets my time. If I'm getting deals in or getting text messages in, I look at her and if I get the okay, sure. Mm. And it's also vice versa. She's also on her entrepreneurship. So it was one of those things where um, I remember she was doing, um, you know, her work like overtime and overtime and I, it's 11 p.m. And I'm looking at her like, um, baby girl, your husband wants some, you know, <laughs> I need attention. my nightly, you know, <laughs> I need my nightly attention. <laughs> And she was looking at me and she's just like, you know, but I got this. And I was like, you know what? I got you. Mm. This is something that I want, but I can, I can go off with a day or two because you're starting off. I got you. And when she started picking it up and we started, you know, talking about scheduling, it was one of those things where we first realized that, yeah, we are definitely starting this path of being an entrepreneur, but we got to remember, we just started this path of, this path of, you know, being married. Mm that is going to take precedent. So we need to make time for each other, even mm -hmm. if it's to schedule it in on a timely basis, so be it. So being married and starting this new path, ooh, I can honestly say it's not for the week, but it is worth it. Mm -hmm. And um, like you were talking about, um, when it comes to sacrificing, um, when while you're speaking, I was thinking, you know, you can't have success without sacrifice. Facts. Ugh, if you yeah. want to be successful, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot. Mm -hmm. So I realized that, you know, within sacrificing, I have to cut down on some things. We can't go out like we used to. Ugh. I can't be playing my video games, <laughs> like, as soon as I get home. Like, we can't, you know, be cuddling at 8 p.m. Like, we got to get some work done. So without success, you know, there's you have to sacrifice something. Mm -hmm. So when you're when you're comfortable with what you're willing to sacrifice for your success that's what you know brings it together because you were saying like you know Beyonce and me and my boy Rashad we were talking about you know you know starting a new path kind of and I was telling him about you know my entrepreneurship and he was telling me he gave me the um, analogy but the story behind Kobe he was saying everyone sees Kobe hit the you know the buzzer beater the, the crazy jump shot but no one knows that this man you know rest in peace no one no one knows that this man was taking a thousand shots a day waking up at 4 a.m getting to practice before anybody literally it was pre-practice then practice lunch basketball dinner basketball family time and repeat no one knew all about all of that, but they only see the buzzer beater, the, the, the championships, but they don't see the sacrifice. Mm. Everybody wants, his, wants the success, but not everybody wants, is willing to sacrifice. So girl, yeah, that's, that's sacrifice. That's, that's, that's the word. Ugh. Entrepreneurship and marriage, you're going to have to sacrifice, but also understand that you're only sacrificing the wants. You're not sacrificing the needs. Uh, I feel like I've learned so much today. I'm like, uh, I'd love to have you back for a part two because. Oh, I have no problem for part two, to part <laughs> 10. <laughs> that was I the am leap here series. To part, 
hundred. Impart wisdom on all of us. Okay. <laughs> uh, is there anything you want to plug before we start wrapping up? Um, for those who are trying to do a new path or trying to, you know, figure out if this is something that you want to do, it's okay if it seems scary. It's okay if you're nervous. It's okay if you feel like this is might be the dumbest mistake that you are can possibly make, Excellent. because that lets you know that you are actually using some type of sense, mm -hmm. because you are weighing the you know the goods and the bads. But if you realize that the life that you deserve or the life that you feel as though you want is greater than the sacrifices that needs to be made or the risk that needs to be taken. I advise you to try it. I don't, I'm not saying to just go and do it. Just try it. Try it. Because once you try it, yes, your debt is definitely going to be hard starting off. I just want everyone to know that it's going to be hard. And if for you, it started off easy. You are the bomb.com. You. You bomb but Whew. for the rest of us, the majority, it, it, it's going to start off hard. But if you push through just a little bit and you find out this is something worthwhile, continue pushing. I think the quote that is relevant in like now for me is um, all things are difficult before they are easy. Mm. And that kind of humbles me mm -hmm. with anything I, I try to do starting off or doing now, even if I am used to it. Because if you want to put it in very in a very simple analogy, if I ask you to do a push-up, and you have never done push-ups, you will definitely have a problem giving me 10 push-ups. But if you keep working at it, your one is going to increase to five. Your five is going to increase to eight. Mm. By the time you know it, you're giving me 20 without even breaking a sweat. All things are difficult before they come easy. So when I feel like, dang, this joint is getting on my last goddamn <laughs> nerves. <laughs> when I feel like, you know, I just want to throw in the towel or just quit. I got to remember that this is, this is difficult before it becomes easy. And it may never become easy, but it's going to be difficult. I was going to ask, like, typically I'll ask the question, like, what's the best advice you're given or what's a piece of advice you give to your younger self? But I feel like you just did oh. that for me. You really, yeah, you oh. really just, you know, it's fine. Oh. Um, that's it for this week's episode of the tea with Bree. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the tea with Bree. Send us an email at the tea with Bree at gmail.com and visit the website, the tea with Bree podcast.com. Don't forget to rate review and subscribe on Apple podcasts or get your podcast. A special thanks to mom Duke for our theme music. And I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye.